Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I have Cynthia Hawk on with us. She is one of the leading experts and trainers of mindful art. She's passionate about sharing mindfulness and expressive art activities to help busy people de-stress and feel more at ease in their lives. Welcome to the show, Cynthia. Thanks so much for having me, Andrea. Yeah. Well, I would love to know, um, maybe even in your bio as people, you know, might've heard me say mindful art, like, Oh, what is that? So I'd love for you to kind of start there and just tell us a little bit what mindful art is and how you got interested in it. Yeah, definitely. So the easiest way I love to explain mindful art is it marries mindfulness practices with really simple art activities. And what I love most about it is that you don't have to be an artist. You don't have to be a meditator or have a practice with mindfulness. Uh, It's really a way to help us ease into a creative practice or ease into some things that might feel de-stressing, good for our self-care without having a lot of pressure. So one of the main aspects about mindful art is that the focus is on the process, not the final product. So I usually will mention to the people I work with, like you might love what you end up creating and that's amazing. And it's not necessarily about that. The focus is instead, how can we offer something to ourselves for our own self-care? So a lot of what I teach with mindful art includes mindfulness. Sometimes it includes meditation, really simple art practices like drawing or doodling, sometimes photography or collage, Um, but you don't need to have any previous experience. And for, um, for anyone who's had a difficult time meditating or drawing or having any barriers around that, I find it's just a really easy entry point in that feels more accessible, which is nice. Yeah. Is that something that you, you know, took a class in or how did you even, I don't think I've ever heard of mindful art. And that's why I was kind of intrigued too. When you had sent over your information, I was like, oh, I'm very intrigued by this. And, um, I myself am not great at art. So I also like the, you know, what you had said about focusing on the process, you know, and not that product, because I know if someone else listening also might not be an artist and they're like, yeah, sometimes the art stuff can be painful. Cause I'm like, Ooh, this final product is not the greatest. <laughs> Yeah, I think my path has been really winding. I think like a lot of people, it's not an A to B straight path. So my journey in uh, really coming to mindful art, I loved art as a child. I really fell in love with Bob Ross and oil painting when I was a teenager and and explored that as a way to de-stress and help move me through some anxiety and other things I was struggling with. Um, and then really, as I got older, I, I was treated for cancer in my late 20s, and I discovered some collage practices and expressive art practices that, again, I just found really supportive, um, moving through challenging times in, in my life. And then I ended up pursuing a handful of different certifications and trainings all around mindfulness, meditation, yoga, expressive arts, eco art in nature. And so I just dedicated years to my own personal practice, but then also um, how to teach and share this work with people who might be curious. Um, so it's been a really long, long path coming. Yeah. Oh, and is someone like, you know, is this practice for, you know, basically anyone then, or who do you find, you know, gravitates towards this type of practice? Yeah. I think what I love most about mindful art and really I should say about mindfulness or art in general, even when they're separated is that it's not something that's elitist. You don't have to have 
like any badges to do it. You don't have to be good enough. You don't have to earn your way towards doing those practices. So it really is accessible for anyone. Um, I teach adults. A lot of my um, students tend to be people between like 35 and 65 years old, but I also train teachers to teach children. So all the way from like three years old to 83 years old, you know, there's no limit with that. I think the, the main thing that I notice is if there's a curiosity in someone around like, what can I do to just help me de-stress or to express myself more? Um, or how can I potentially try meditation in a new way? Like maybe I've tried meditation in the past and sitting on a cushion just stresses me out. <laughs> then I find mindful art practices where we focus on what we're drawing instead of let's say our breath with meditation. It's just a way that we can shift our focus um, that feels sometimes less intimidating um, than a pure mindfulness or meditation practice. Um, and I know you do a lot of work with nature as well. And what I notice is a lot of times people, like when we get into nature and we're walking around or we have our, our smartphone or cell phones and we're snapping photos and nature or noticing the sun coming through leaves, there's so much about mindful art that I feel like is um, innate to who we are, like just having that space and time and slowing down. Um, and there's ways we can also be really intentional and dive even deeper um, for our own self-care with different mindful art activities. But so many of us are, are practicing it without even knowing that we're really doing it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's something that, you know, that's accessible and it's pretty easy for most people, you know, well, I will speak right now in Minnesota. It has not been easy this winter as we're recording this, like it's, you know, we're in February now, but it's been a cold winter. And so a lot of people are, you know, saying how much they're missing that piece of like, oh, I can just go outside for a walk and realizing how calming nature is. And so, you know, this is something where I'm like, oh, you know, mindful art practice that might help, you know, that side of ourselves that's kind of, you know, laying dormant, you know, throughout this winter. And I notice, especially for me throughout the last year or two with COVID, just with everything feeling so stressful and everybody having different challenges in their own ways with it is um, the times where I can get into nature and just enjoy a walk for 30 minutes or an hour or have my camera phone with me or a pen and paper where I can just do really simple breath exercises or doodling. Those moments that I have for myself um, are just really nurturing. And I notice a lot of um, the students that I work with that I've talked to over the last year as well, is that sometimes we don't have an hour to carve out of our day, or sometimes we can't get into nature where we are, or because it's winter and we don't like ice or whatever the reason is. Um, so I like that there's ways to that I, I teach a lot of five minute mindful art activities. So I really like like, how can I make it the simplest thing so I can just dip my toes in and, and perhaps shift my awareness in the moment or shift my stress levels um, or just notice what's happening. So I just think that there's a lot of possibilities, even if we are stuck inside, there's even nature in our house or ways we can practice in our house too. Oh, you're speaking my language, like the five minutes. I mean, that's what I'm all about as well. Like, how can I make this so simple? You know, instead of putting that barrier up here, you know, where you're like, well, I don't have that time or, you know, I don't have like, 
it's zero degrees or it's, you know, in the negatives where it's too cold to, you know, go outside safely for more than a couple minutes. And so that's where it's kind of nice to have like, okay, what can we do inside? How can we make this simple? How can we bring, you know, some of that mindfulness practice into your home? Um, now, one of the things, you know, is I have a lot of people who are, if you're familiar with Ayurveda, like the doshas, a lot of pitta, you know, a lot of pitta women. And so what tends to happen, myself included, the creativity side, we don't always make space for that because we're always kind of working or doing, or for myself, you know, running a business, I'm like, okay, I like the idea, you know, of painting, doing some artwork, but I'm like, well, that doesn't move the needle forward in my business. So then I don't make space for it, but it fills my cup up when I do it. So how do you kind of help people balance that energy? Yeah. I love that question. I don't have a lot of pitta in my chart. I'm more kapha vata, but I can really connect with that. Go, go, go. I'm focused on a goal and I need to get something done. I hear a lot of women that I work with. A lot of women I work with are moms as well and really struggle with guilt for doing something for their own self-care because they are taking care of other people or people that are doing projects. You're just focusing on getting that next goal done. So I first can just really relate to that Um, and that pressure, I think sometimes that can be placed on people and especially on women. Um, And so that's really largely why I love the, I have two minute practices, five minute practices, sometimes even just three breath practices. Mm -hmm. And um, so what I often will do and will share is um, I talk a lot about the Kaizen Muse method, which is. So Kaizen Muse just quickly was um, basically created uh, for, and it was created for a car dealership. So that's not important, but the main thing is that there's, uh, what's the first small step that you can take. And so if somebody wants to go out running and have a practice of running, it might be that you're setting your shoes by the door. So if what I talk about a lot of times with my students is if you're wanting to have some sort of self-care practice and de-stress, but you don't feel like you have the time to dedicate to that, um, then maybe it's just having a pen and paper right next to where your coffee is first thing in the morning and you're writing down three things that you're grateful for. It might be that you're doing, um, I teach a drawing the breath practice. And so uh, when you inhale, you would move your pen upward on the page. And when you exhale, you move the pen downwards. Very simple. It starts to look sort of like a snake on the page, just these up and down movements. And doing a simple drawing breath practice for 30 seconds while you're drinking coffee first thing in the morning, it doesn't sound like a lot. And there's so much research that shows if we have these small mindful moments throughout our day, that it can help still to rewire our brains. It can help shift our moods. It can help us to calm down. Um, So those are some things that I do. I also uh, will have, I, I recommend if you have any sort of space in your house that you can dedicate to keeping a couple of art materials out, let's say like a desk off the corner of one part of your house or a corner of your kitchen table. Um, If you can have even just crayons or colored pencils with paper that you can leave out there that you can come back to, um, there's ways that you can kind of fit it into your day. And I don't know about you, but with how much time we spend scrolling mindlessly and get kind of caught and stuck into the social media world, which is really easy. 
there's, there's ways I find that so easy because it's so accessible. We have our phones in our pockets. It's an easy thing that we can grab and that may or may not be serving us as far as our self-care goes. And so there's other ways that you can set yourself up. So exploring mindful art can be really easy, even for two or five minutes. Um, and I always, I have on my YouTube channel as well. I have a lot of different videos. Um, if you are in a scrolling mode with social media that you could watch a couple of videos to, to have that as a good practice. Find sometimes it's hard to begin when you're not guided as well. Yeah. I love those. And I like that idea of even the crayons, you know, if you have kiddos too, like I have a almost six-year-old, um, you know, and for him, like not only him, but me too, like, Hey, let's go color. I used to color with him all the time. Um, and I'm just realizing, cause he started kindergarten this year. I'm like, Oh, I have not colored in a while. And that was something I used to enjoy doing. You know, when he had his time, I would get my coloring book and I would color as well. Um, and just little ways like that, that you can introduce it. And then it's stress. I mean, I was always like, my stress is just melting away as I'm coloring, you know? <laughs> I feel like our kiddos have a lot of things figured out and a big part around them being free with dancing or taking time to in nature and pick up rocks or scribble. There's just so much that, um, you know, there's that freedom of play and curiosity when we're children that as an adult, I find that I just have to like intentionally make a little more space, even if it's small pockets. Oh, that, that was going to be kind of my, um, you know, next question about nature and then creating art out in nature. Um, cause I know you had talked about that or when I was reading through, you know, your website and I was like, Oh, that's intriguing. Cause I love to go out for walks, especially in the summer. You know, my son and I will go for six, eight mile walks. Now he used to go in the stroller and do this. Now that he's getting bigger, we're going on bike rides, but we're out in nature on this just really awesome kind of secluded trail. And, um, you know, what are some activities that I'm like, Oh, I could incorporate along this bike route. Cause he still stops quite a bit. Cause he's, you know, young, <laughs> We can't make it the whole 20 miles without a little break. That's beautiful. A nice, slow, mindful walk. Yes. <laughs> Lots of pauses. I experienced yes. that with my nephew too. <laughs> um, yeah, I love, I'll share a couple that I really enjoy, whether I'm by myself or um, with my nephews and my family or with other adults. Um, so I'll share a couple first where you don't need, like you don't even need your phone or a pen or paper. It's just you and when you're in nature. Um one thing that I really love that I think we naturally start to being in nature just engages a lot of our senses. So we are noticing, you know, the light coming through leaves or no wind rustling through the leaves and hearing that sound or feeling that we suddenly have goosebumps on our arms and noticing that sensation. We have the sound as we walk on the ground of like gravel or snow crunching, right? So there's all of these sensations that naturally are heightened because we don't have the distractions of like looking at a screen or doing a to-do list. And so that I find can, and there's a lot of research that talks about that people can naturally drop more into like a flow state or having this sense of calmness. Um, I love in Japan, they're actually, as a side note, they prescribe forest bathing now for a lot of um, people for their mental health. I just yes. love that so much. Oh. Um, so I think that that's something that naturally can come about some ways that you can start intentionally bringing in like mindful art activities to de-stress. Um, 
I love this quote. It's by Henry Cartier-Bresson and he's a photographer and he says to take photographs means putting one's head, one's eye and one's heart on the same axis. And so another way of just looking when you're out in nature, if you have your smartphone with you, um, you can do some, what I like to call contemplative photography or mindful art photography. And it's similar to just taking a photo, but the intention behind it is that you're slowing down and a lot of times perhaps getting even closer to what you're looking at. So it might be that you start to get really curious about just a flower bud or just the light coming through this part of the trees. Uh, and maybe you're photographing that from a couple of different angles and just slowing down and the camera lens becomes our eye that we look through. Um, I like to, anytime I do that type of practice, I like to also notice like my feet on the ground, feeling really grounded and supported and weighted. Um, another really fun one is simple contour drawing or blind contour, contour drawing. So if you do happen to have a pen with you on paper, you can notice that same bud that maybe you were photographing and curious about or that leaf or rock. Um, and the, the contour drawing is you're just tracing the outer edge, the outline of that object that you're looking at. And you can sometimes do it with your non-dominant hand. You can do it while not looking at the paper. And so there's part of that that it's automatically going to be imperfect because if we're not looking at the page or if we're doing it with our non-dominant hand, it's going to look more childlike and scribble-ish naturally. And so I like that it removes, again, part of that pressure or expectation that I'm not trying to recreate that leaf or that flower bud that I'm looking at. That's not the point. The point behind it is how can I just be more present and be really curious about that other life form, that other part of nature that I'm looking at and be really here in this moment. And there's also a slowing down that naturally happens if I'm looking not at the page or if I'm using my non-dominant hand. So the it sounds really simple and it is really simple. And what I notice is that these things, that, that way of seeing or capturing things with the lens or doing these simple exercises with pen and paper can just help to shift our perspective and help us to slow down in the moment. Um, and I don't know about you, but after the last year or two that I just find that um, such a big need that I hear from people I work with my family of um, having more space and time for ourselves and de-stressing and, and just being more present in what's here right in front of us, not our to-do list or what we're worried about or what's happening in the world, just what's right here in front of us. Yeah. I mean, I love that you brought that up in the way that you, I mean, they're, they're easy practices and they're stuff that you can, you know, implement right away. And that's stuff that um, I know I've also been hearing with, um, especially with moms of like, okay, like I want to stay, I want to stay here. I don't want to, you know, kind of numb out or just kind of go away. I want to appreciate, you know, what's going on. And it's, it is hard, especially, I mean, the last few years, like to really sink in and be present. That takes like a whole, I mean, that takes a lot right now to like really stay there, you know, and it's okay. If you need a little break every now and again, you're like, okay, you know what? I just can't that's fine. I mean, that's human. That's normal. Um, so I like these practices where you're like, yeah, take two minutes, you know, take the breaths. I really like, I think I'm going to do that with my coffee in the mornings, with the breath with the pen, I really like that idea of just kind of tuning in. 
So another question for you is, um, I know that you, I think I had seen on your website, something about you combining yoga and then mindful art together. Is that something like yoga asana that you're also doing with mindful art? That's a great question. So, um, before we um, in person, I used to teach, uh, mindful art and yoga at festivals in person retreats and having this exploration of yoga asana and movement first and the breath. And then once we were more present in then creating from that space, a lot of what I've noticed, um, and what I've dived deeper into more recently is I'll share, um, meditative practices or yoga nidra where people are really going to a lying down practice where you're doing similar to a body scan. So it's really relaxing and just noticing different sensations in the body. And then also afterwards doing a body scan drawing, um, to not, again, not to capture exactly what we're feeling, but maybe get something on the page that is expression of what we might be feeling in the body. So that can be a really interesting, um, I, I remember I had a student years ago that was really struggling with fibromyalgia and had a lot of chronic pain. And she did this practice of doing the body scan and then drawing and making marks afterwards. And she had mentioned how her pain level had shifted from like a five to a two, just within that half hour, hour. And there's something about, and that doesn't always happen, but it's nice if, and when that does happen. But I find there's something about getting it out of our bodies as just a body-based experience and getting something onto the page and noticing like, oh, I feel tension in my my upper shoulders, like, you know, that's where I hold stress and I feel tension there and I can draw these tight knots or circles on the page. And then I can notice what's an opposite. A, a lot of with the yoga nidra practice, it's focusing on opposite sensations in the body. So you might notice an area of tension and then you might notice an opposite feeling. So maybe somewhere else in my hands feel really warm and tingly and light and airy. And I, I put like a bright orange color that's really smooth down. And so then I can literally see on the page, those two contrasting sensations in my body, you know, this tight knot that's maybe gray or black, and then this smooth orange, warm, spacious feeling that's visually right in front of me. And then you can just notice that and go back and forth between the two. And I find it for myself and for my students I've worked with, it's such a simple and powerful practice because our bodies and our sensations are so alive and full and changing constantly. And I know um, for myself, just speaking from having tension or chronic pain that I've dealt with, um, there can sometimes be that feeling of like stuckness, like that's all I can feel or notice in this moment right now is the stress or this pain or tension. Um, and it just helps to shift that a little bit and notice, oh, isn't that interesting when I feel this area in my hands that feels warm and tingly. Now I can also sense that I have warmth and tingling in that other area. And maybe I'm not labeling it as much um, as a, you know, backstory or, or saying that it's tension or pain, maybe I'm just noticing these as sensations. So it can be really powerful, um, and simple. So yeah, there's a lot of different ways that you can combine mindfulness and body-based practices with the art making that I love. 
I love that. And that, I mean, this is something that I found, well, a few years ago, my, well, my grandma is now, she's almost 96. And um, I bought her a coloring book and some colored pencils, probably when she turned 90, you know, just because she was looking for just hobbies. And I was like, oh, grandma, I'm really enjoying, you know, coloring in these adult coloring books because I knew like my mom was like, I think she might like it. And, uh, you know, it's my mom's mother-in-law, my dad's mom. And so she was just like, I don't think though, she will take it from my parents. You know, I'm the oldest grandchild and there's only two girl grandchildren. So I knew coming from me, like she might take to this. And then sure enough, you know, for six years now, that's something she does. She says all day long, when I go visit her, she always has her coloring book out and her colored pencils and just loves it. And she's way better than I am at coloring. I was like, wow, grandma, like, I mean, just, at, you know, having that. And she said, it's really helping her penmanship. And I mean, just staying on top of like, just the dexterity in her hands and, you know, she has some arthritis. And so it's really nice just to see, you know, what this can do for people of all ages. And it can be as simple as just, Hey, you know, I just, I'm going to leave this on my kitchen table. And whenever I feel, you know, like I want to, which is, you know, all the time for her right now is just color and just, you know, listen to the radio. I love that. And I love the idea around experimenting. Like we can just see what is this new thing that I can try for five minutes and how do I feel afterwards or how do I feel in the moment and maybe trying a different practice later. Like just, I love that um, there's some freedom in that, that we can do something for ourselves in any given moment um, and just see and notice how we feel. Yeah. Well, I would love for people, do you do online stuff right now? Yeah. So I have online classes and retreats and teacher trainings. Um, I have one course specifically around mindful art in nature, and I have another course that is 30 um, different five-minute mindful art activities. So those two might resonate more with people, um, but I have everything on my site at mindfulcreativenews.com. Perfect. That's what I was going to ask where people can kind of connect. And if you're offering classes, you know, what they might be able to, to get into. Um, is there any place else? Are you on any social media that they, that you want or? Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of everywhere <laughs> on social media, the place that um, would find the most um, support or different activities is on my YouTube channel at Mindful Creative Muse. I have a lot of the different activities I've talked about, like the contour drawing or um, doing even meditative watercolor doodling or drawing the breath. All of those different introductions to activities are on my YouTube channel. Um, so you could kind of see, you know, within just a couple of minutes while you're drinking coffee or on your way to work, you can see if something feels good or not to you. I like that. I, I bought watercolors probably at the start of the pandemic and I had, I did keep them on my desk and it was, I bought the the pens that have the water that just comes out of them. So you don't need yes. the cup. And I found that to be helpful. Um, but then I've put them away and then I haven't used them, but I think watching a video and like getting ideas, I think would be helpful. Otherwise I'm just randomly doodling myself, I guess. Yeah. I've actually had people tell me that just watching the, the watercolors being done and listening to the music, that that in and of itself is really calming <laughs> without it. even having to do it. But I love those water brush pens that you're mentioning because you don't have the mess and the cleanup and you don't have to clean brushes and get everything out. It's really simple. Yeah. 
Well, perfect. I just have one final question for you. I would love for um, you and I can't wait to hear what your challenge is going to be. So I like to have weekly challenge at the end of the podcast. And when I have a guest on, I have you throw out a challenge to everyone. So what would you like it to be this week? Oh, I love that. Um, I would maybe offer the challenge of a quick doodling practice with objects around you. So maybe, you know, first thing in the morning, just having a pen and paper somewhere um, out and you can just trace an outline of an object that you see for two minutes and bonus points if it's like a plant or um, some sort of nature element in your house. Uh, But maybe just noticing how you feel when you do that. And it can be interesting to then look back at the page and see like, what is this uh, scribbling shape that you just made? But that can be a fun, a fun challenge. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Cynthia, for coming on and sharing all about mindful art. I know it's the first time I've Um, I think I had this topic on my podcast and I'm just um, thrilled to kind of get to deep dive into your YouTube. So thank you. Thanks so much for having me. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power.